0: How's it going? Welcome back to a musical guide to the end of the world. This is episode three. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, It really does feel like the end of the world right now. The date is April 19th, uh, and I'm a little bit behind schedule. I'm not going to lie, the last couple of weeks have been a complete fucking nightmare. Uh, If you're listening from Ontario, there's no need for me to tell you how terrible things are here. Uh, And if you're listening from elsewhere, well, I'll paint a picture. We are in our third lockdown, and this lockdown has been going on since April 2nd. So we're basically two weeks into our third lockdown and we are living under the third rendition of the third lockdown. The rules seem to change every fucking day. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what the rules are. seems like the government doesn't even know what the fucking rules are. And it's a complete mess. COVID-19 cases are higher now than they ever have been in the province of Ontario and across Canada. And the vaccine rollout is painfully slow. When I started this podcast in uh, early February, it was kind of a a joke calling it the musical guide to the end of the world because I didn't really think that this was going to be the end of the world. But as the days and weeks go by, the situation outside feels more and more apocalyptic and uh, it's pretty terrifying. I said in the first episode that the light at the end of the tunnel uh, of the pandemic is kind of coming closer and closer, but I'm not going to lie to you guys right now from where I stand, things do not look very good. Um, the UK variant has swept across Ontario and the entire country of Canada is actually battling three variants at once. I think we're the only country in the world right now that has uh, multiple pandemics going on within a pandemic. Things are really quite awful. We don't really have a whole lot of news for you, unfortunately. Uh, In episode two, I mentioned that we're going to be back in the studio at the end of April, beginning of May, working on some songs Um, unfortunately the current lockdown has been extended until I think the middle of May so our studio time is being pushed back till June at the earliest COVID dependent. It's a bit of a disappointment, Um, we packed up our rehearsal space at the very beginning of the month in preparation for all of this and uh, we kind of went our separate ways for the time being. It's kind of a tough pill to swallow to be honest because we've really We've really been trying to sort of keep the keep the ball rolling and keep the dream alive throughout the course of this pandemic, getting ready to record and tour again, only to have those those plans pushed back. It's been really difficult. And yeah, we've been writing and rehearsing when it's safe to do so, but it seems like every time we take a step forward, we're sort of greeted with another 10 steps back. And we're certainly not alone in this. Wherever you look, people are being displaced and, and affected by this pandemic, and it's it's getting really, really hard we're over a year into it and we're worse off now than we were a year ago and that is quite a bit of pill to swallow that being said this podcast has brought me a a great amount of joy because it's given me a project to work on while i'm stuck at home and i'm really grateful that you've uh, that you've stuck stuck with us so far also my apologies this third episode is late because the last couple of weeks have been a complete fucking nightmare and um We've been dealing with a whole bunch of shit. So, uh, again, yeah, my apologies of the delay. This week, I'm chatting with an old friend of mine. Uh, the van has again travelled through time and space back to my hometown of Canterbury. I chatted with Luke Jackson over Zoom a couple of months ago, I think we did our interview in February when we had just come out of the second lockdown in Ontario. So some of the content in this interview is a little bit dated. It just didn't get round to sort of putting this episode together until today. But a lot of the stuff that we talk about is still relevant and uh, and still really interesting, I hope. Uh, last time I saw Luke Jackson was in Syracuse, New York in February of 2020. We went down there to catch one of his shows at a venue in Syracuse. And his show was the last live music I saw before the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. He toured right up to the wire and, uh, and basically his tour ended right before the, the, the pandemic swept across the world. Luke's a fantastic singer-songwriter. He grew up in the same, same town as me, Canterbury, England. He's been an active musician since he was about 13 years old. And I have fond memories of seeing him play around Canterbury when I was a teenager. Back in 2013, he was nominated in the BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards for both the Horizon Award and the Best Emerging Talent and the Young Folk category. Luke's toured across Europe, Canada and the United States multiple times. He's been on the road basically since he was a teenager. He's opened for Martin Joseph, Seth Lakeman, Oyster Band and notably Sarah Jaros and John Paul White, formerly of the legendary Civil Wars. Frank Turner, one of my all-time heroes, said, I was hugely impressed by every part of Luke's music. He's a great singer, writer and performer, and a striking new voice. So I really hope you enjoy the interview I did with Luke. It was great to catch up with an old friend and reminisce about old times and just see how he was doing. So without further ado, Luke Jackson. Luke, great to see you, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me today. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, not doing too bad. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing all right. I, uh... I don't know about what's what things are looking like in the UK, but in in Canada the bars are, are open where I am, so I worked a bar shift until three a.m. last night, so I'm a little bit worse for wear this morning. But oh, really? other than that, can't complain yet. I
1: see on your Facebook last week you were saying about. So have you just opened the bars back up, or has that been a while now?
0: Yeah, we had um, we had the, the second lockdown ended two weeks ago.
1: Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. We're in our we're in our third lockdown, still in it. We've just been given this this road to freedom what are they calling it i think they might be calling it the road to freedom and it's like at the end of next month um we're allowed to do the rule of six which is where we're allowed to meet like six people outside right i think schools are going back pretty much in a week or two which is nuts that they're doing that um basically by june they hope everything is back to normal i saw that pubs still no pubs (laughs) so it's
0: like June 21st, Boris is just like, yeah, it's all over. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Pubs yeah, open, yeah. nightclubs open. I declare coronavirus ended on June 21st.
1: It literally does seem like that. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Mate, I don't know, to be honest with you. Like, we'll see. I hope so. I hope we're out of the woods by June. Um, yeah. But then, like, you've probably seen it all online and that, like, Reddins going ahead, Boomtown, all of these huge festivals That's are saying. wild. All right, Boris, like, if it's back to normal, um, then sweet
0: yeah well, yeah let's go do ahead
1: it as usual right um obviously if it was like oh social distancing still in play all of that kind of stuff that's a bit different but he's he's claiming that everything's back back to normal but we'll see, we'll
0: see. i mean my like, fingers crossed for that mate like i mean i hope so it'd be I sweet
1: so. yeah i mean yeah i hope so things are definitely moving in the right direction here with the vaccine and the way they're distributing that is is successful thus far but Again, I just think of Christmas, like we was told days before Christmas uh, after being told, oh, yeah, we're going to lift this band. You're going to be able to spend it with your family, see who you want to see. And then days before they just said, oh, no, it was on my girlfriend Kate's on her birthday on the 19th of December. We went out, celebrated her birthday, spent all day shopping, got dinner, went and got her brother from Epsom. Who's just outside of london brought him yeah. back to our place in canterbury for christmas and that evening by the time we got home boris did an announcement said oh essentially christmas is cancelled you can't get anyone any students or anything like that that you're planning on seeing they can't come um so all the roads coming back from epsom suddenly got chock-a-block of people trying to essentially escape london right uh, we'd, we'd been to Bluewater doing shopping all day that was Boris gave his speech at six o'clock and blue water was open till nine o'clock. So everyone thought, fuck, I've got to get my Christmas shopping."
0: Oh God. What a nightmare.
1: So thousands of people like bombed to an inside shopping center. So it was just, it was, it was anarchy, but that, that's the way that a lot of this has been run sadly. So although I'm hopeful that by June we'll be out of the woods, um, naturally after a year of this, uh, cause <laughs> a little bit skeptical, massive. Last time I see you was was when we was in Syracuse.
0: That's and, right, yeah.
1: And that's like a year ago now.
0: Honestly, I was I was looking it up this morning. It's yeah. almost a year to the day that we drove down to Syracuse to see you play, mm-hmm. and saw saw your show. I mean, coronavirus was this thing that we were kind of like becoming more and more aware of, but it was like more in our peripheral vision than anything else. Yeah, like I like. I, I th- Sorry, go on, mate. So I was, yeah, just going to say that, like, you know, within weeks of seeing you, um, the the border between the US and Canada was shut. There's no live music. We're in, we're in like complete and utter lockdown. The border is still closed. That was the last time I've left the country actually was to come to Syracuse to see you. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. It was the last wow. time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I remember kind of just, just voicing what you just said, being in the airports and seeing um, people started wearing masks and kind of laughing at that, going, oh, goddamn, they reckon it's gonna come over here. And then I think that was when I left and it was a thing. So I, I think the tour was like three weeks in America. I left, it was a thing that was happening over in China. And then during that tour, it kind of wasn't really spoken about. And then by the time I got back, I remember the the security at the airport were asking about people who had been to Italy, Um, and then it went mad over there, really kicked off, and then before you know it, it was on our front door. So, I I was lucky in that sense, Um, I got back like a week prior to our lockdown, it was March the 20-something, I got back March 15th or something like that, Nice. I had friends, musicians that were in the middle of a tour in the states or canada and had all their dates pulled under their feet all their flights cancelled right up right up shit creek with nothing so yeah. i was I was lucky that i managed to get those dates but i just yeah. find it mad i think it's mad that we're now able to put an anniversary to when it all started kicking off that's what's a bit crazy to think god it's been like a year it was in march of last year that, that this all happened and now we're approaching that again
0: i know and it's it's also so strange because i remember so naively thinking like this is just two weeks to flatten the curve.
1: You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like we finished recording our album on the 13th of March of last year. And then by the 15th, everything was in lockdown here. Nice. And we had, a, we, we had a band meeting. We were like, okay, well, you know, two weeks, stay at home, whatever. But we got booked for a couple festivals over in the UK. And we were in the middle of planning our first ever European tour. And we literally had a conversation where we we're like, well, we should probably go ahead and book those flights for May now, yeah. Because like, it, it May's coming up close, and this is all going to be over in a few weeks, so we better get a move on because we don't want to be caught with our pants down. We were in lockdown here in, until the end of June.
1: That's mad. It's, it's yeah. just crazy. I think because how was we ever to anticipate how how crazy it was going to get? I think we we've, we've never lived for anything like this. Uh, Yeah. So it it was it was completely unexpected, but. It, it is mad to think like, I don't want to say naive, because it's it wasn't naive, it was almost realistic at the time that we were told it would be a couple of weeks, therefore why would yeah, we true. believe any different. Um, right. But I was the same, I, I was meant to be going and doing a trip, another kind of uh, trip in Canada where I was going to be doing shows around from one coast to the other coast, I'd done it before a couple of years ago, it was amazing, so I was meant to be going back to do that. And I had a guy, good friend of mine who who books a lot of music and and, and, and is really kind of helpful in the business of it all saying, oh yeah, book book your flights, it'll be fine. Um, I think that was May even. So um, saying, book your flights to Canada, it's going to be fine by then. I remember my dad giving me a text going, oh, maybe be aware that you're probably going to lose some dates due to coronavirus. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, but probably not over here, mate. And then lost a whole bloody year out of it. So it I know, is nuts it's wild. It is nuts.
0: So, so talk to me for a minute about that tour that you did in America last year, because I mean, you are one of the last people that I know that actually got to play on tour, um, before, mm-hmm. before the pandemic hit and you were playing right up to the wire, basically right until everything mm-hmm. went like tits up. So like, just talk to me about like what it was like coming over to the States and touring on your own and, and, and that experience.
1: It was amazing, it was amazing. It's something that I've always wanted to do. I think three or four years ago now, I I came over to the States for the first time to do a big convention called Folk Alliance.
0: um, That was in Kansas City, right?
1: That's right, yeah, so it's in Kansas. It takes place in a hotel. They invite, I'd say, thousands of musicians and people from from the industry get together in this hotel play in all the hotel rooms. I think it's the first three or four floors. They like essentially rent out for four days and just fill it with musicians. And then it's a great way to kind of meet other musicians, maybe sort out tours with them or do stuff uh, with business people and get, I don't know, like a a promoter or um, management um, for English or even Canadian artists in America or European artists. So I went over to Kansas and did that. It was amazing. I met a bunch of good people, but didn't really see much of the country because I was in a hotel in Kansas and did that twice. So my two times going to America, I had people and like my parents going like, oh, what's America like? I'm like, "Mate, I don't know. I literally was in a hotel. I was confined to this hotel for four days. I had events every day, all the time. So it really
0: could have been anywhere.
1: I know it could have been anywhere. And it was like I saw the airport and the and heard the accents and was eating hotel American food. But other than that, I had no experience of it. Um, I then got to meet a great American singer songwriter called Rebecca Lobey. Um We met at Folk Alliance through that. She came over, we did some dates together in the UK. And then I went over and did some shows with her um, after the second or third Folk Alliance. So we went from Kansas and then went and done some dates together. So that was amazing. I got to see some shows, with, uh, do some shows with her and see a fair bit of the country. Then I then went back, um, sorted out uh, a, a tour, which was like my first proper like headline tour. So I was playing like shows like the place in Syracuse or like little venues and house concerts and stuff um, in Seattle. And I went over there and did that with my old man, actually. Uh, oh, no way. Like, yeah, it was, it That's was great, awesome. Man. It was brilliant. Like he'd just gone over to America with my mum they they decided look we want to go over so they went out to Nashville they did Nashville uh, New Orleans and Memphis so my dad just loved it out there and was like look if you're going over to to Seattle and doing shows out there and we did some in Oregon as well um yeah. he was like can I come over I was like yeah I, I want company like I'm the other side of the world so come over so we shared the driving and we did the shows together and it was amazing so that was great and then so I think that was only like it was only like september of 2019 and then it was february right end of february through to the start of march that i then went back over yeah i did this last american tour which was places like uh milwaukee uh chicago wisconsin i went down to buffalo went over to Syracuse so but that was all I did some shows at the start of it with an amazing artist called Willie Porter who again I've done shows with over here in the UK he was playing with his trio so I got to play some beautiful venues um to a good few hundred people to start off with and then once those days with dates were done I hopped over got a high car just drove for two and a half weeks around America on my own which mate I was shitting myself about I'm not surprised man But I'd, like, I'd love to do it again. And, and I, once, once we're out of all of this, I'll be straight back over to do it again. It, it was incredible, it was, it was amazing. And like, I don't know, it was a weird thing. Like, I've always toured. I've been, because I've been playing music from so young and been solo for so much of it, it's odd how little I've toured completely on my own. Like I think when I was younger, I would tour with my dad and then that went to touring with like friends. I'd always bring, even if they weren't musical. I'd always be like, look, I got this tour. Say if it's in Europe, do you want to come over? Just sell some CDs for me, and I'll chuck you some beer, money, all the hotels, and that are covered or whatever. Yeah, it would be a laugh. Over. Yeah, come over for a trip. Yeah, and then I started doing stuff with Andy, my bassist, and then Elliot Norris, who you know. Yeah, um, and even before that, my other drummer, like called Connor it was always touring with them and then i've toured with my girlfriend so it, it was kind of the first time I, obviously in the uk i've done a weekend or maybe a week or something of shows up north where i've i've gone up on my own and, and come back but you know the uk is so small that realistically if i did want to come home i could just drive back but right that was the first time really that i was like right i'm getting on a flight on my own i'm doing a hire car on my own i'm staying in strangers houses staying in random hotels and doing shows each night on my own and yeah. I was nervous, man. I was, I was nervous about it, but once you're in the swing of it and also kind of having that time on your own is, it was really good. I'd, I'd love to do it again.
0: There's a, there's a very sort of, um, like, like tranquility, mm. like once you get into the rhythm of being on the road, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it's very complicated, but at the same time, everything's so simple. Like your, yeah. your concerns and worries are like, I need to wake up. Mm-hmm. I need to start the, the van or the car put some gas in, grab a cup of coffee. I need to drive however many miles to this place. I need to load in at this time. I need to sound check at this time, play the show, sleep, and repeat. You know? Yeah. And and And, I really miss that.
1: Mate, I miss that so much. And that's the mad thing is, like you said, like, when you first – when you first get into it, it feels like, okay, like you can feel the clogs turning. I mean, now after so much time off, it's going to gonna take a bit of getting used to again, that kind of lifestyle, yeah. but it does become normal very quickly um, having that routine. So when you then come off of the tour, that is equally as difficult to kind of try and stay in one place. And that's been the kind of, I don't know about you, but like with all of this is just being at home, like i've loved it i've got to spend so much time with like my girlfriend family be at home kind of like slow down a little bit but where you're used to kind of chasing the next thing finding the next gig finding the next opportunity and being on the road touring whilst doing it it's such a manic lifestyle where every day is different to then one day you wake up and go right you're gonna do the same walk every day you're gonna that that's your exciting part you might go a different route this time yeah. And then you might have a, something different for dinner or you might put you in the same place, the same house every time, even like staying in the same bed. I don't think I've slept in my own bed continuously since the age of mate, probably like 15, 16. As soon as yeah. I as soon as I was in college, I was doing gigs um, up and down the country. So we was staying in hotel rooms a lot. Straight after that, I went on a tour with an artist called Martin Joseph which took me away from home for like two months sleeping in in, in in random places. And then ever since I've just been touring. So it's, it's strange. It, I, I, obviously I've got used to it now. I miss touring more than you can imagine, but it's like being used to being at home and not kind of having that itch um, quite so yeah. badly. I mean, I have it in general, but like where you're trying to fight that and, and understand... Uh, what it's like to be in one place for more than like a day or even a week or whatever and not to have anything in the calendar to go, okay, I'll enjoy this time off because I know in a week I'm off again.
0: Yeah, totally. And and that was always the thing for me that I always found coming off tour a really difficult adjustment because you get so used to it. You get so in the rhythm. And, and you know, we've we've done tours where we're out for like two, three months at a time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the freight train just crashes and grinds to a halt. And you've got to sort of be like, all right, well, I should probably do some laundry now. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe I'll uh, walk out and into town and grab a coffee and see a friend and yeah. I, you, and you start to worry more about like like the like aspects of like day-to-day life right mm. and and you're right like that's always been fine because you know you have the the hectic couple of months on the road and then you come back and it's a weird adjustment to getting back into normal life but you can always look in your calendar and be like well you know what this is nice because in a week's time yeah. I'm going to be off again yeah and personally I've really struggled over the last year of just seeing the same 10 blocks all day every day and not knowing when the next time i'm going to load up the van is and get on the road yeah you know what i mean
1: yeah it's 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 literally a nightmare like for a musician is even if i look and in normal life if i was looking at my calendar say where we are now if i was looking at my calendar in december and it wasn't didn't have a gig in it I would get panicked and be like, "Well, right, okay. Like my agent, Martin, I'd call him up and be like, right, let's look at December, why is that not full? And let's find yeah. dates to fill it up. Because yeah. it was just a thing that the idea of being sat at home all that time, I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. I need to be be doing shows. But yeah, it is a weird thing. I think, like, how many how many people are in your band?
0: There's six of us.
1: So, I mean, even that aspect of it, like, when you boys then come back off of a tour, is it like, after living in each other's pockets and not seeing each other or do you still see each other a lot once you're back?
0: We live, I mean, I live with Liam, uh, one of my bandmates. Everybody else lives within a sort of stone's throw of my place. And uh, two, I think it was two years ago, we got back off a massive American tour. We pulled the van into my driveway, unloaded all the equipment, and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, do you guys want to go for a pint in like an hour? and our girlfriends were so mad
1: (laughs) but i'm the same it's like i'll come back off a tour with like the boys andy and elliot and i'll get in and throw my bags on the floor and be like right okay let's do some stuff and i say to kate like right let's sort out a night out we'll go get some food and then we'll like hit some pubs up and she's like oh right who are we seeing thinking it's going to be like my sister or so, I'll be like, oh no, Andy and Elliot,
0: the boys are coming out. But I spent weeks
1: he with them. Is. I'm like, yeah, I know, but need to like wean off of their comfort. I know it's
0: <laughs> yeah. it's so it's so strange, and yeah, and like it's it's definitely one of those things too, right? Where they're, like the lifestyles are just so different. Like yeah. you know, you're eating hotel food and gas station food, and you're sleeping on strangers' floors, and and you, you kind of get used to a certain degree of like mm-hmm. uncomfortability. Yeah, to going back to having all the comforts of home, like oh yeah, like here is my bed that i haven't slept in all year you know
1: yeah yeah i can
0: shower whenever i want
1: yeah yeah exactly and even not living out of a suitcase you know it's just it's completely different i think the main thing for me and i think the main thing would be the same for you is just the structure is waking up and going i don't have anything to do today and for a lot of people and for the first day or so it is it's luxury going oh mate i haven't got to get up i haven't got to drive for hours i haven't got to do a show i haven't got a work really if you want to call it that but it's like then after a day or two you're like well i kind of feel like a a spare part now i feel like if i'm not doing this i have no purpose unless you're filling it up but that's the other thing as well as you get back off of a tour and you expect to call all your mates who are in other other jobs, going, all right, let's meet up, let's go get like pissed up on town and uh, have a catch up and grab some food and all that. Like, man, I got work in the morning, or I'm working now, so I can't see. And you forget that
0: other people people have real lives.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been saying that, like, um, I I barely feel like a musician anymore. I feel closer to being a dog than I feel a musician Bang. because, like, my the highlights of my day are getting going outside and going for a walk and mm-hmm. meals. And yeah. that's
1: it, you know? I completely agree with you more. I've just been, yeah, been doing, well, you know Canterbury. So from where I am in the New Dover Road, I've just been walking through the high street all the way up around the top university, yep. all the way around there, coming back through all the estates, just wandering about. Um, we've had like a week of decent weather now, so that makes it slightly more bearable. And then come back and then go, right, what should we have for dinner? And then purposely walk back into town to get the stuff, come back, and then I'll cook most of the time, because again, that fills up a bit of time. And it sounds so bad to say like, I do things that take more time so the days don't seem so long. And that seems- I completely agree. It's such a bad thing to be like, because it's like, it's almost admitting that I'm wishing away time. But at the same time, if I find myself getting up early and then having nothing to do, it's just like, God, when the days drag, it's like, that's what makes it more depressing. All All of that is like, having a long day with no structure and no, no literally nothing to separate it and i think weirdly that's why this year has gone so quickly like when christmas came about it was insane the fact that we're already like approaching the third month of 2021 is insane
0: i know i don't know where but, the time's gone
1: but where there's nothing like i suppose we had a bit of christmas but then again summer it's usually festival season it's stuff like that and a lot of the time for me like gigging wise is I'll have something like America at the start of the year, then the UK, then do European stuff, then in August, I'll do Scotland, and then at the end of the year, I'll do another UK thing. So it's kind of like blocked so that it, it is almost like a time frame for me. And I think everyone has that, but then when you're just told to stay at home and every day kind of blurs into one, the the concept of time just becomes a complete mismatch. And I think that's why it's just completely flown by.
0: Yeah, totally. And like, I think that's a really good point that usually sort of in our in our sort of line of work, you have these very concrete dates that punctuate the year. So you can look back over, you know, 2019 and you can say, yep, on uh, on this date I was in Milwaukee and on this date I was in Scotland and, you know. Oh yeah remember when i played the xyz festival on this day whereas i look yeah. back over 2020 and i do like from march onwards i really do struggle to like pick out significant dates and things that happen if someone said to me two years ago 2019 or 2018 do you remember where you were on like the fourth of july i could be like oh yeah we played this crazy fourth of july uh gig over in the states and it was a great time and if someone said to me do you remember where you were on fourth of july in 2020 i'd be like i was probably at home yeah maybe
1: yeah and even if it, even if it, like you can look back from like five years ago and somewhere in a calendar or on a website or online, there'll be a video or a, a date where you can go, ah, oh, I was in that place and then all memories come back. Whereas, yeah. other than being able to kind of look through a camera roll or maybe look at some text from a certain date, I think there's nothing that can separate that day from the rest of this year, really, which is totally is nuts. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I, I found it really like both lovely and sad that every day I would go and see like your sort of like Instagram memory or Facebook memories from what you were doing on this day a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then I get totally lost being like, man, I can't believe it. Like this time a year or two ago on this exact day, I was in the van on the way to this great gig that we played, you know, Mm. and how lucky we were that we actually got to do this and how, how we took it for granted obviously we could have had no idea that this was going to happen no but it, no but you just like it it really does seem like a completely different world like a, a different crazy. world entirely yeah
1: i would i'll be watching like tv programs or films and if people walk into a room and shake each other's hands i'll be like whoa you can't do that before. yeah it's, mate, it's, it's like so weird how we just elbow accustomed. bumps only yeah i know it's just become accustomed to it it's like i remember when when it all kicked off and people were saying, oh, this is going to be the new normal for a bit. And I hated that. I was like, I don't want to I accept hate that. this. I don't want to no, accept fuck it that. as normal. But the thing is, it's like for a, year, for a year now, it kind of has been. It's going to be interesting to see, say June the 21st is the the big date for normality. How quickly it will be till people do just, just go back to normal. I hope quickly. I think it's so ingrained in us to like, when we see people, you want to shake their hands, you want to give them a hug, you want to, get that energy it still feels unnatural should i bump into someone in canterbury not to go oh hello mate how are you like it all oh, you get that awkward like okay yeah we'll do an elbow bump or whatever but that doesn't feel natural so no. i hope that like once we're allowed to things will just go back to normal again like people won't cross the street to get your two meter distance and things like yeah. that. But yeah 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 it, it is weird
0: and that was something that i was i was like like thinking about that like you know when this is all over people are going to be relieved but i can't help but think that there's going to be a like some somewhat like long lasting psychological impact on everyone from all of this you know and like our our jobs like our careers literally require people to congregate in large numbers in small spaces Mm -hmm. you know that's that's like our bread and butter Mm -hmm. I, i always said that if if this pandemic happened in the 1990s or early 2000s bands and musicians everywhere would have recorded an album and just sold thousands and thousands and millions of cds and lived off the gravy train for that until touring was okay again but now the way the industry is is like you have to tour you have to play live shows if you if you want to like survive in this industry right so that that's taken away and when that comes back i think i i mean I, I hope people are going to be hungry to go and see live music again but i i mean personally i walk into a room where there's more than 10 people like last night i was working at the bar and it was quite busy and it, it it makes me anxious you know it makes me really anxious and i can't help but think that you know even even six months away from now or maybe a year when this is sort of like becoming a distant memory there might be sort of some trepidation to like fill people in a room again You know, I
1: think, I think there definitely will be, I think there definitely will be like, we had the thing the help out to eat out late last year. And that was a thing where people suddenly kind of crowded into restaurants and were eating half price. And a lot of the places were doing stuff to monitor the social distancing, putting big plastic boards up, things like that. But you could go into places and they weren't. And it was a complete mixed bag. People were saying, I can't believe how quickly people are just going back to being in restaurants and sitting down and eating food next to another stranger. Other people were happy to do it, I think. But even in that, we weren't out of the woods. There wasn't a vaccine. We weren't told that everything was okay. We were just essentially being hoodwinked that our government needs some money. Go spend all your money on on restaurants. Uh, yeah go boost up
0: the local economy
1: that's exactly it you know what and like we lapped it up because we wanted a little bit of normality but i think like if it is a thing where people have been vaccinated and they know i mean is it factually i don't know they're pretty confident that should they get the virus they'll be fine or they pretty much know that they're not going to get the virus would that fear be removed therefore going back into a busy room would that be a thing where they in a split second go oh god i'm worried but then go oh hang on
0: a minute yeah
1: yeah it's like combated with oh well i've had my vaccination it's not what it was you know but i don't know i don't know i think like yeah it's still a thing that walking down the street now if i'm walking down a narrow road and i see someone approaching it's natural for me to get to the other side of the street or walk absolutely in yeah the, in the middle of the road to give them some space like it just i don't know how long that will take to not feel normal or not for that to cross your mind so i think right. but then yeah assuming that people are going to kind of congregate in rooms and sit down for an hour and 45 minutes um listening to music i don't know but then Again, I think people have missed it. Like the community through like the little Facebook lives and the online streams and things that I've done has been amazing and, and people do miss live music. So, I mean, in an ideal world, there'll be a surge once we're out of this and people kind of flock to listen to live music and get involved in that community again. But I we just don't know. That's the, that's the hardest part about all of this is like you can be optimistic or you can be kind of pessimistically realistic. But even me yeah. it's like... I think it's so that it's so blurry. All of this, uh, even yeah. the people in charge sorting out the rules, they don't have a bloody clue either. So no, it's kind no. of just we're yeah. bumbling along, figuring it out, and and trying to remain positive. But
0: I I yeah. am hopeful. I am hopeful. I do yeah. think that there's like there's going to be so much fatigue from from just the boring lives lives that we like are just existing through right now that you know when this is all said and done i I am hopeful that people are going to want to get out and see shows again and hug their friends and like man like the things i miss like like you go to a concert to see your favorite band and you're like standing there with a stranger and you're like singing along and as loud as your voices can go and you know like i really miss those sort of like unique human interactions that you can have with strangers you know and i I think a lot of people miss that
1: yeah it's not till that stuff's taken away that you you realize that it was taken not necessarily for granted but that that was just it's such a normal thing that you don't appreciate the small things and I think that's been one thing for me as well is is like having my family around me having like such a supportive girlfriend and having like friends that I just get on with so well and Stuff like that, and realizing how lucky we are to be be touring musicians and and to do that as a as a way of life. Sometimes you yeah. like if if when it's too hard or you don't have a great gig or you miss home, you can kind of like take it for granted and also like curse it a bit. Go, oh for fuck's sake! I wish I was home again. Or, oh God, I'm always yeah. on the road touring. I'm always chasing. I'm never satisfied. All of those things. And then yeah. when it comes to a halt, you realize it's the, it's the classic saying: you don't know what you got till it's gone. But I think if totally. anything's ever going to teach us that, it's going to be this year, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, and yeah you're you're so right, man, like you know, I feel like whatever you do in life, there's always gonna be that oh man, that was a shit gig, and I fucking I miss home and I miss my girlfriend and I miss my dog or whatever and then and then there's always that oh, I'm at home with my girlfriend and my dog, and I miss those shows, what I would do for a bad show somewhere, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: so so you brought out an album recently,
1: mm, yeah, I brought out a little e p um. So when I saw you in Syracuse, that was that American run of shows was part of a, a tour for a record. I released called journals, which was like a full studio album. We got that all printed up and after that American tour, I was meant to do a bunch more shows in the UK to kind of finish up that, that run of shows. Um, of course they got canceled and right. then, um, yeah just through lockdown really I was writing song from March onwards I started writing music um and naturally everything I wrote seemed to be about our current situation um either as a global view uh what we're going through as like humanity but also like what I was going through my current journey my 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 kind of experience with all of this madness um and I was doing a lot where, like when I could going in and getting little videos and stuff and releasing these songs, just as like little things, just to share online with people. Uh, and then after a while I realized I had like seven, eight tracks that were pretty much written about what's going on right now. So yeah. I wanted to get them out there whilst they s- still had their relevance and totally. whilst why would said still kind of be poignant with a listener. Um, so I thought, you know what? let's try record this I didn't think it was really worth throwing everything at it in the sense of getting them printed up spending months in the studio Um, because of course like you just said like so much of our income and our way of being able to make this as a living is touring it Um, you can sell records and stuff on online and from the website and get the streams and stuff which is great but I find personally the bulk of it is when I'm on a tour, I'm selling them to people who have come to the shows and knowing that I yeah. have no shows in, in the diary um, that are, are gonna happen, um, I figured, well, I'll make it like a digital download thing. So, nice. I got with Elliot. Um, L El now has like a studio set up at the bottom of his garden. He's just started Sweet. doing some stuff. Do you know Sam Mamre? Yeah. Yeah, so he started doing stuff with Sam. Uh, called Good Neighbour Records and they kind of just rec- started recording stuff and I said to him look like If we can do like an in-house type thing where you're my drummer, you know the songs get Andy along and Andy's partner Lizzie is a beautiful voice so I said we'll get her along We'll all meet up rehearse these songs and I want a real kind of I, I think with journals we Spent so much time on that record making it like a polished big production big sound things like tricks you do where you like multi-layer all the drums and everything's multi-layer like so it just yep. sounds even if you don't notice it's there it brings these textures and dynamics for the sure. record um which you can just spend days on can't you you can but really
0: like, go down the rabbit hole with that kind mate, of stuff you really
1: can whereas with yep. this i was like i just want to take it back to nice and simple acoustic guitars some electric here and there a drum kit but a pretty stripped down brush type sounding drum kit and just, just having it nice and easy. I think the songs kind of spoke for themselves. So, I, if if the at our point the 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 rules that we were abiding by would have meant that I could have just met up with Elliot, I would have released a song to completely acoustic, just me. But we was allowed to get some people in, so that was good. But they're they're still pretty stripped back, I think. Um, but I just wanted to get them out there and then. So we we recorded this little seven track EP called "Of the Time." Um, and even like the video for it, the lead track is called Nothing But Time. And yeah. um, where after we finished recording it, and by the time we kind of had everything mixed and mastered and the artwork sorted and the idea of, okay, we'll, we'll get it online and we'll stick it on my website where people can download it there. And we got this little bundle package that came with a download. We thought, oh, it'd be good to get a video. But by that time we was put back into a serious lockdown. So I couldn't go out and shoot a video. Cause at that point, I think, unless it was filming for news, you wasn't allowed to go out and film right right so I was like wow we meant to do a video then so then I was just like texting people i toured with texting anyone I knew like right have you got any video footage of any trips or tours or anything like that that you've got and then just ended up kind of doing this montage over the last few years of footage that I had just to stick to this song so it was kind of really working with what we what we could do but no I was I was really happy with it the response was great and and It was nice to kind of be able to release something and all of this madness to be able to kind of release a little bit of of new material and have something to like share.
0: And totally, man, like there's definitely something to be said about just being able to give yourself a project to work on. Yeah, that helped
1: a lot as well. Like going back to like the the monotony of of lockdown is having a project, setting myself a date, like because even with like the Facebook Lives I've been doing, like when I first started doing them, I did a couple where I'd like, log on and not know what i was going to play and kind of say to people what songs do you want to hear and just play like a basic set probably the same set i would have been playing when i last saw you of songs that i would played live a lot and then to stop that feeling like mundane i thought well let me make uh like themed lives so then i was like right "Right, i'm gonna do a covers hour so i'd have to go and learn loads of covers and then i was like right i'm gonna play through every album i've released so far which took me all the way back to my debut album, which was like released in 2011. You know what it's like, you write so many songs that you forget the old one. So I was having to go back and relearn my old songs, Yeah. but it gave structure. I was like, right, right, I've told people that I'm gonna be going live at this time on this day. I said that I'm gonna play through the, re- through the album. I need to learn the songs. So that was keeping me busy. And then after a while, it was kind of like, right, this is good, but I want something that's like a long-term project. That's gonna, keep me going for a bit um so all through christmas and january we was we was busy with that um and it nice. was good to have that kind of um a bit of structure a bit of vision a bit of something to kind of look forward to
0: absolutely and i think i think that's a really interesting point you know like once you make yourself accountable to the people that care about about your music it also kind of like lights a fire under your ass to kind of like yeah. actually get stuff done because yeah, you know, we were in a very similar position where you know um we went from touring and playing hundreds of shows a year to just kind of sitting on our asses and not really knowing what to do with the time so you know that was a, a big big struggle and i did i did a lot of the same thing like i was like okay i'll try this facebook live thing and the first couple were were interesting but then i kind of got into a groove i like refined how it sounded i would like schedule like a time that and I, I did it like every wednesday and friday for like basically the entirety of the, the first lockdown. And yeah. I think having that consistency, especially when everybody who's engaging with that content is at home uh, doing nothing, I think yeah. that was like a really valuable, right? And and like-
1: Mate, I think it was a saving grace for a lot of people, for for music lovers. Like there's, there's people I know that come to my shows that within the uh, uh, English roots folk uh, acoustic scene, spend all year round getting sanity from going to shows twice three times a week it's yeah they're as busy as us musicians are seeing live yeah. music yeah so for them to have that as well as like a, a an escape and also a connection with the artists and stuff is it's been huge it's been such a saving grace and for us as well i feel like yeah, like you said, like they are interesting. It's a strange thing doing a live show, looking at a camera lens and trusting that there's people at the other end. And of course, so much of what we do feeds off of the audience. Yeah, um, yeah, so when totally. you're alone in a room, it's a bit like, fucking hell, man. Like, I'm really kind of pretending to be in this when really it feels like I'm running the motions a little bit. But you get used to it and you start to enjoy it. But I'm thinking of people that like, like hairdressers or tattoo artists or people that are creative types like us but have no substitute in any of yeah, this like totally. you're not allowed to you're not allowed to do tattoos okay well maybe i could do this online which allows me to do tattoo it's like i don't know it's it's difficult i mean it's maybe, yeah it's like, really you, true i think everyone's had to find ways to kind of keep insane but the fact that we've still been allowed to play music and perform it albeit online it's still given us kind of a, a, a little a little taster of, of of normality and and meaning, personal meaning to kind totally of get not. up to get up and to 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 wash your hair and to put on a decent shirt because you're going to be on a camera. Because <laughs> you're
0: going to be on a camera, yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: I think that's a really good point, man. I didn't even consider that. Like, there are other people who are incredibly creative, and their their lives lifestyles and livelihoods depend on people congregating, but they don't necessarily have the same like online platform like as we have yeah. you know we are really yeah. fortunate that we were able to sort of still keep going in some capacity online mm.
2: yeah. yeah it was
0: um it was interesting we got booked for a a show in november um at this venue called the danforth music hall in toronto and it's a fucking amazing room it's i've seen some of my favorite bands there and i was so stoked to get to get to play there obviously with that being said it was a uh live stream show Right. So here we are in this massive venue. Yeah. It's like you know, like a two thousand person venue. Yeah, you know, we load in, we do our sound check. You know, we're all wearing masks. All the whole crew is wearing masks. There's mm. plex- plexiglass barriers between each band member. That's and we played our set to the abyss. You know, and our our set that there was another band that we were opening for called the Trues. Their set was actually live, but in order to co- minimize the number of people in the building at the same time, ours was pre-recorded so we literally get up there play through our set they film it and it was streamed later so like between the songs you're looking out at this like vast expanse of nothingness and also talking to people who might be watching
1: yeah (laughs) at a later date (laughs) yeah i know and it's like even when you are officially live and you're seeing comments come in there's always a slight delay so you finish your song and then you're like thanks and then you're like okay here's the comment oh right yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's just difficult it's just difficult um i did a, a a live stream with the trio which was again like where it had been such a long time since i played with those boys it was amazing to perform with them but like my bassist is he's, he's like my best mate has been for 10 11 years now like he doesn't have a poker face he's no good at pretending to like okay game faces act like you're enjoying it act like it's normal act yeah, like get like into normal. it yeah act like you know what we're doing even and it's like me and him got together here actually in, in my flat uh before we did the trio one and i said to him right we'll do a little duo facebook live thing and we'll do that to kind of help promote this trio one coming up which was with some guys who were like really professional and we had it all sound and all of this but with me and andy we was kind of just in here playing songs together and it was so funny because it was just it's so foreign to us to have that and when we finished andy was kind of going what do we say thank you what the fuck do we do here like it's just it's odd but you get used to it but at the same time like it does make you appreciate like the live shows and and it's yeah left me kind of longing into to get back to it but so, so what I, I, did you
2: what did you boys do
1: with the you said that because straight after i saw you you was going to go and record an album right
0: that's right yeah yeah so, so we
1: did, did you finish that did you get that done
0: yeah so it was like down to the wire really so what happened was i got back from i got back from syracuse and i think the, the day after i got back was our first day in the studio
1: because i remember so, that was a day that they had the snowstorm i remember driving oh my out God. Of syracuse mate that was sketchy
0: <sighs> that was like a, okay that was the one of the roughest drives of my life yeah. a because of the snowstorm and B, because I was throwing up out the window on the way home. Yeah. I was so hung over, mate. It was yeah. awful,
1: it was yeah.
0: awful. I forgot how liberal they are in America with pouring yeah. liquor in drinks, it was ridiculous. Ooh,
1: yeah, I think um, I was drinking gin in it that night and, and just thinking, oh, this, this is more than a double I'm getting. He's, he's given me very, very generous amounts in it. They
0: do not give a shit there, it was yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah i mean we got we got back to kingston and then the day i think it was the day after i got back we had 12 12 days booked in the studio and okay. um so we recorded i mean no it was i think it was 10 days we recorded 12 songs in in 10 days
1: Amazing.
0: Uh, i mean the pace was unreal we i couldn't couldn't believe it and the, the the whole plan was we needed to have this record out by uh by may or the, right. the first single out by may because we had we had a couple of uh, like uk and european like festival dates that that we wanted to like support with with this release Mm. um then we finished recording the album we have like a day of edits and then the next like basically the next day the lockdown happened so it was a real struggle because we were like well we've got this album that we've just spent the better part of a year like working towards and all of this money that we've invested in it that we don't really have that we were planning on sort of recouping from touring Mm. um so we we kind of shifted to doing a lot of uh like like zoom meetings and stuff like that where we sort of discussed album artwork and we hired this uh brilliant graphic designer from uh washington state to do all the album artwork um we filmed a music video where this was like in the peak of of like the pandemic in sort of like april may uh we all went into a room one at a time, played along to the song, pretended that we were in, like enjoying ourselves, and it wasn't the oh, most uncomfortable man. thing in the world.
1: Yeah,
0: and then sent that off to a video editor uh, in Toronto called Chris Mills, who then cut it all together and made right. it sort of like very sort of like abstract and whatnot. Yeah. And then, and then the, the the sort of the big thing came down to is like, when are we going to release this album? We don't know how long this is going to go on for. Like, do we just sit on it? And we came to the conclusion like, we we recorded an album because we wanted to record a fucking album, and we want to put out this album. So we ended up putting it out. Uh, we scheduled it for August twenty first and came out in August. And we were fortunate enough to be able to play two live shows that day outside on like a, at a farm uh the law was a hundred people max in in their in their bubbles so we did one in the afternoon one in the evening it was yeah it was honestly a dream come true yeah um it was like you know it's pretty a pretty scary thought to think like oh yeah we've put all of our eggs in one basket for this record and now we can't bring it out you know
1: but- yeah and that that's again where i felt kind of fortunate that with with journals it was before it had all kicked off i felt bummed out that i wasn't able to fully tour it but i mean i released that in maybe November of 2019. Mm -hmm. So I'd already had like about five, six months of being able to, and I was hammering it as well. Like in in the first two months of uh, 2020, I'd spent about a week and a half at home. I'd done UK dates, went straight over to Europe, then straight over to America. So i would really been kind of going in on that. But yeah, like I think if I was pretty much finishing up making a record and then this had happened, Mate, it must have been like a lot, of, a lot of chats with you and the boys going, what the hell do we do here? Oh,
0: mate, I like, I, 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 had so many fucking Zoom calls. I never wanted to look at a computer again. It was yeah. like, it was a nightmare.
1: Yeah. And I think that was the lovely thing as well. We had that, I, don't, I think it might have been September. We was kind of let out of our lockdowns. And I remember doing a few shows. I went up to Bath and did a show there. I did a show in Leicester um had some kind of shows when the when the weather was nice i was doing a lot of outside shows and then me and the boys did a festival uh, a really lovely festival called the beardy festival um and again they had done it so that they'd social distance everyone They'd kind of made sure it was all safe and above board but i was going to ask you this like it was amazing being able to play the shows but it was almost like bittersweet because then a week after we was then put back into the lockdown and then it was going back to doing the live stuff uh, the uh, online stuff again. Yeah. So how did you find that? Cause I, I, assume after you did them shows and like launched the album, you get a little feeling of normality. You remember how much you miss it and how much you enjoyed it. And then a week later you're back in your house streaming from your computer. It
0: was a huge come down, and like yeah. there was such a such a rush and such like a like a big like dose of adrenaline in like the the weeks coming up to that, putting out the album and like mm. doing all the press and stuff, and just sort of basically saying like fuck it, we're putting out an album now, yeah. and we're doing it in the middle of a pandemic, and and fucking with you know get ready because it's coming out, and yeah. and there was a huge buzz, and also this show that we put on at at the McKinnon Brothers Brewery it was basically the only show in our region of the summer. Like, like, I mean, there were, I mean, there were venues around town that were doing like, sort of like, we're having like, you know, musicians playing in like their on their patios and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to like sound facetious or like undo anybody else's like hard work when they were trying to get back into live music, you know, in the community. But like, it was by far the biggest show that happened maybe this i mean since since march you know so it was like there was a lot riding on it and we sold out both shows like almost instantly and then i was fucking freaking out because like now we have to not only make sure we play a good show but we have to make sure that nobody gets sick from coming and like there's a huge you know like if one person got like you know caught covid from that it could have been like really damaging not just to their lives and to the community but also for like our career and reputation so
1: That's like a big thing to do as well. I mean, the shows that I'd done, I had no, I, I was just booked to do them and the venues had told me that it was going to be safe. And I was like, sweet, it's your sweet, responsibility. Fair yeah. Yeah. I'll turn up and if I know I'm healthy and, and ready to go, that's, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But to put yeah. on the show and to have that on your shoulders as well, shit, that must have been stressful. Uh,
0: it was so stressful. I thought I was going to lose my mind. But we're really yeah. lucky, man, that we had some like great friends that like volunteered their time to like he- help out. Like two two mates uh john and gavin i used to work for them at their bar the brooklyn and that was like the first bar that like really gave our band like a shot Mm -hmm. they are like just gems and they are professional crowd control people you know they they you know for for years their job would would be getting people lined up in and out of the building safely so they did all of that for us which was like you know amazing and then to get up on stage and to play to an audience with lights and sound and all that stuff was just yeah, fucking man. unreal yeah. and then and then the, then that rush was just over right because it was like mm. you know it's not as if we're going on tour tomorrow you no, know this isn't the, the album release yeah. show and before we knew it we were back in you know back in lockdown again and, and i found it really hard to then be like To then find the motivation to get online and start doing like online streaming and stuff again, I just felt really defeated. And the the second lockdown for me was way harder than the first, partly because it's winter in Canada, right? And you know, it's dark early and it's cold out.
1: Yeah, I mean, like even with me, like having a bit of rain and it being a bit miserable and getting like, you know, my girlfriend's family live right near you and and they sent us pictures of the snow. And again, I've been over in Canada when it's free. You can't even walk to the end of your driveway without like literally yeah. the hairs in your nose freezing so i mean yeah i get cabin fever so badly but throughout all of this i've been able to just stick on a raincoat and walk in a bit of miserable weather but it gets to points out there where you are where it's 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 unbearable to go yeah and walk so I, uh, i'd yeah. like force
0: myself to leave no matter how cold it was i'd be like right layering up got my long johns on got my boots on coat on i'm yeah. going out and i'm gonna at least walk around the block you know
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah the uh, i mean i also i mean i'm we have been really fortunate that Kingston has been basically like the poster child for a good COVID response in Canada. For, for consistently we've had low cases. Um, when there've been outbreaks, they've been controlled. And we had about two months over the summer where there were no cases at all. Really? So we've yeah, we've been really, really lucky. And like, you know, I talked to my mum and, you know, yeah, she's in Canterbury too. And like, you know, she's barely left our house since Christmas. And I've been fortunate enough that like After the second lockdown ended, I could go and get some shifts at the bar and, you know, now I can see the band again. But yeah, man, like the whole the whole thing is is just really difficult and confusing and hard to navigate, you know. Mm, mm. Yeah,
1: I think it's tested people in a lot of ways, but I think, yeah, I hope we're on the back end of it all. And like now, like talking to Canterbury, like we was right up there with the top numbers a few months ago before Christmas we've just got news that we're now in the lowest one of the lowest in all of the UK. Our That's amazing. I've like just gone right down. So, I mean, if we can keep this, uh, heading in the right direction, then, then hopefully we'll be drinking the strongest gin in Syracuse again. Uh,
0: I don't think I, I don't think uh, I ever <laughs> can set foot in that bar again <laughs> in my life. Luke, mate, it was such a pleasure to catch up with you today, man. Yeah, Thank really you for was. taking the time. I hope, I hope all. you're well. And, um, you know, just, just so you know, I think I, I told you this earlier, but uh, I was scrolling through Instagram a couple of months back and some of my mates here in Kingston were posting, uh, like, you know, you can share the Spotify accounts. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? They had shared, is it me? And I had this crazy oh, really? back and forth message with my friend Brian being like, how the hell do you know about Luke Jackson? I grew up with him. He's one of my mates from home. Like I just saw him in Syracuse last year. And he was like, I don't know. I love the song. And I'm like, uh, so, uh, so when all this is over, you got to get back here and play a show in Kingston. Will, Cause man, there'll be an audience 100%, for you, mate.
1: hundred percent. No, I'm, yep. I'm definitely game for it. No, I've loved this mate. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, it's been my absolute pleasure. It's great to talk to you and uh, stay well and, and uh, I you know, wish Katie all the best too and yeah, I'll hopefully see you mate. on the other side of this, mate. All
1: right, bud. You look after right, yourself, mate. You too, brother. Take, Take it easy.
0: Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Well, lately I don't sleep. I lie in bed awake. Wondering why. The stars are so bright through the night And if they were to fool, Would it be a piece of grace Or would it burn out all the light I used to be out on the road With everything to gain Chasing dreams and chasing miles Now I sit here in a daze With my feet glued to the ground And the peace, well it drives me wild but I got time, so much time I got time, so much time Most are running out of it Mine is flooding in I got time, so much time Well, maybe I'll paint the shed again Maybe I'll mow the lawn find different ways to waste up all my days. I'll watch the kettle boil a hundred different times in a hundred different ways. Maybe I should find some work to help bring in the bread, but my ego and my drive say otherwise. They don't let me What it is I live to do, then I'll spend my days inside. Wasting time, all my time. Wasting time, all my time. Why do I still find my patience wearing thin when I got time? So much time. Things To help me get me out this mood I'll tell myself that it won't always be this way So now strap me to a stage And they'll hand me a guitar Once again they'll let me play But I got time, so much time I got time, so much time Used to wish for more of it I'm wishing it away I got time, so much time I got time, so much time I got time, so much time I used to wish for more of it, I'm wishing it away I got time so much time. time, 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 time.
0: That was Luke Jackson, Nothing But Time. From his most recent EP that he recorded during the quarantine pandemic lockdown quarantine lockdown 3.0 2.0 1.0 stay at home order emergency break procedure, the EP is called "Of the Time," and you can buy it on his website www.lukepauljackson.com. As I mentioned in uh, the most recent episode with Ken Yates, now is an incredibly difficult time for musicians and artists alike, and the best way to support them right now is to go through their websites or their band camp and buy the album directly. The money then goes straight into their pockets and not into some billionaire's pockets at Spotify or Apple Music and other such streaming platforms. That being said, add some of Luke Jackson's songs to your playlist on Spotify or Apple Music. It doesn't hurt. And follow him on social media. You can find all the links through his website. That's www.lukepauljackson.com All the necessary links to find Luke Jackson's music and to follow him on social media will be included in this show's notes so you can see that in your streaming app. And also, I'd like to recommend a couple of songs of his that I absolutely love that I recommend you should check out first. So if you're looking to add a couple of songs to your playlist or buy a couple of Luke Jackson's records, here are the songs that I recommend. Big Hill off his debut record, More Than Boys, that's an absolute fucking devastatingly beautiful song. I love it and I've been listening to it nonstop for years. This Family Tree, his 2015 record, has two fantastic songs that I'm in love with. One of them is called Is It Me, which you can find on my Mondays at the Maison Rouge playlist on Spotify, and also another tune called Misspent History. And finally, off his 2019 record, I'd recommend you listen to the song Home. It is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And I've never heard a single person hold a note for as long as Luke Jackson holds it in this song Home. So check those songs out. Let me know what you think of them. You can email the show at info at com or message us on our Instagram at thewildernesskingston or through our Facebook page. That's all for me for this week. I really hope you enjoyed the show and I promise I'll get back onto regular programming as of next week. Like I said, things have been pretty hectic and uh, you know we're all trying to survive this apocalypse together. So hang in there, wash your hands, wear your masks and we'll see you next week when we load up the van and travel again through time and space to somewhere better and somewhere different. Until then, peace,
2: love, rock and roll. See you next time.